Hey y'all, it's your sugar here. And yes, it's Wednesday night. Uh, thanks for waiting because sugar's a little bit, uh, I was running a little bit late tonight, but I'm here. So, you know, it's Wednesday at a, at 7.30. That's when the show starts, but uh, it's a little bit later tonight. And thank you uh, everybody for waiting around for Suge. Okay. So... Um, we got a lot of stuff to, I mean, we got some stuff to talk about. Um, I'm going to introduce myself for those who are, uh, new because I got my true people that's, that chime in every Wednesday. But if you're, if you're new, I'm Natalie Sugar Brown, also known as Miss Too Bad. I have been a, a female pugilist pretty much all my life <laughs> and uh, for the past uh, 20 plus years. So yes, I'm a, I'm an old crone. And um, this show is really about women's boxing is me giving my authentic experience and knowledge of the, not only the boxing game, but the women's boxing game specifically because I, uh, a lot of people may think that the game is the game and it's the same game played as um, in male boxing, but it's very, very different um, in, in, in many, many ways. And so I'm here to shine some light on that. So uh, tonight we are going to talk. I don't know how long the discussion is going to be. My guys are going to come in with the chats. Okay. Um, uh, Mike, Mike's here. Hey, hey, Mike. And um, let's roll. Okay. So tonight we're talking about um, the team. Okay. What does that really mean? Um, you know, coming up, I used to say, or I used to think, oh, um, my team coming up, I, I'm a part of a boxing team, meaning, you know, I'm a part of a group of females or males and females that we get, that we travel together and we fight and that's the team. But as I grew in the game and became uh, a part of it, and, and somebody who has been a casualty of the game as well as someone ha who has benefited and fought through the game, I really see what the team is. So we going to go through it. And we're talking about the pros now. We're not going to really talk about the amateurs. We're talking about pro boxing. So um, in pro boxing, uh, the team or your team would be your promoter, your manager, your matchmaker, your trainer, and your cut man or woman. Yeah, that's your team. And a lot of people think this game is so simple that you can walk into a fight with a missing team member. And I, I tonight's show is really to help y'all understand why each member of the team is so important and how that reflects in 
the game in 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 the boxing. I hate calling it a game, but you know, we call it the game just to call it. Um, how is reflected in what you see now uh, with regards to boxing and the fight game? So uh, I'm gonna start off with uh, the the top guy or gal on the totem, which is the promoter. Okay, so the promoter is the one on the boxing team uh, where, and you know, I've, I have some images here. I have some images that my lovely assistant is gonna share, but it's just to lighten up the situation and make it lighthearted. If my lovely assistant can put one of the images up, but for my people who are listening on podcasts or any other just audio, um, just just listen to the vibe, okay? So, um, ooh, the promoter who is the top man, man or woman on the totem pole, um, they're the ones who finds and signs the talent which are the boxers, okay? So they sign them and they'll have a stable of fighters, males and females, before it used to be just males and maybe one female. Now I'm seeing a lot, I'm seeing some promoters open up. Uh, Vinny Ali. Um, okay, so we got Omar chiming in. Hey, Omar. We got Miss Scott here. We got Mike and we got, I think, Eric. Yeah, so it's a party. Yes, thanks. Thank you guys for chiming in. And yeah, tonight we're talking about um, the team, what an actual boxing team looks like. Okay, so the first man or woman on the totem pole is the promoter. They find the talent, the boxers. They sign them, okay? So they would sign them to a promotional deal, meaning that I'm going to sign you for this amount of years, okay? You will be exclusively my fighter. I get whatever purse bids with regards, and we're going to go into what purse bids are, but I'll get whatever benefits in boxing. I will be the one to facilitate that for you, host that for you, and you will fight under my brand. That's the promoter, okay? So they're arranging the fights and all of the other logistics, okay? Um, the, the promoter also sets up the matches and advertises the events, okay? So, um, goodness, y'all, I may have some technical difficulties here and, you know, sugar keeps it real, so... Let me just see what's going on. Okay, all right. So it looked like we ain't we ain't got much to worry about. Let's let's get back to the show. Okay, so um, the promoter set up the matches. Okay, and then the promoter actually covers all the expenses, including all the people that's gonna be involved in the boxing match. Okay, so. 
Sorry, y'all. Can y'all hear me out there? Somebody chime in. Let me know if y'all can hear me out there. Okay. All right. All right. Let's get back to the show. Okay. Um, so the promoter covers all expenses, including all the people involved in the boxing match. Uh, all the people involved in the boxing match would be the timekeepers, the referees, the judges, the judges, uh, the medical personnel, ambulance, you know, those type of the people that actually work, right, to work the event and, and make sure this this event is running. OK, um, so then. Right under the, the totem pole, we have the manager, okay? Um, and I'm just going to read what this, uh, with, with, uh, this little um, cartoon uh, clip that I have, that my lovely assistant has up here. Um, so there's two boxers in the ring uh, and one sitting on a stool. And then in the corner, the one sitting on the stool in their corner uh, has one of their corner men talking to them. And I would suppose this is the promoter. So as the boxer sitting on the stool and uh, looking out towards the, the middle of the ring, the promoter is in the corner saying, and just remember, it's not about whether you win or lose. It's about how much money I'm going to make. That's pretty much it. That's really what it is. Um, Thank you, uh, Omar. Uh, Omar chimes in saying that's that's a great image and illustrates one of the biggest problems in boxing. Yeah. So a lot of people don't realize that the promoters are the ones who have everybody on the string. All the puppets on the string, everybody moves to the promoter's tune. Okay. So you would want to be the promoter or you would want to be uh, you're the promoter's guy or gal. Okay. So then, um, we go, like I said, down into the next rung on the totem, uh, which is the manager. And so the manager finds good fights for his or her client. Okay. Which is the boxer. The manager makes sure they, the pay is fair. Okay, so the manager's gonna negotiate what their fighter, the client, is going to get for performing on a on a show. And so they will they will negotiate with the promoter and and the promoter then will will then come back with the number that is suitable for oh Tyrone uh, chiming in. Hi, Tyrone. Hello there. Uh, thanks for coming in tonight. Um, don't be shy. Ask whatever questions you like. You look like you're new to the to the thread. Okay. And we got a couple other people that are true. So we having a party. Okay. So getting back to the conversation. Okay. So uh, the manager is the, the person that negotiates for the fighter with the promoter, how much, how much 
their efforts are going to be. So uh, Tyrone Fleming chimes in. What's the topic? The topic is we are um, discussing what a real boxing team looks like. Okay, so before you chimed in, I, I you're gonna have to catch up later on when we restream that the the episode. But the first person, uh oh, uh, Trifin comes in. I'm sorry, Sugar, but don't the boxer has to win in order for the promoter to get paid? No, no, no. That's what a lot of people think. No, and we're gonna go into this discussion. Oh, let's start it now. Okay. Um, promoters sign fighters, but a lot of people don't understand that just like a, a promoter would sign a winner, promoters sign losers too. Promoters sign people to lose, to be opponents for, um, uh, to, to build either other fighters in their stable or those fighters are for sale to be used uh, in uh, when they collaborate with other promoters for other promoters to pay and get their fighters wins. Uh, Michael chimes in, AKA tomato cans, exactly. Okay, so I want you, I, I, I brought this to the table because I want everybody to understand what the climate is out here in boxing, right? So it's not so bad. I would say it's not so bad in the men's game because you go and pay, you st at this point, the competition is so um, pristine or elite in the male game, a tomato can can still be a killer, okay? So what these promoters are doing now is they see a market in women's boxing for where they don't have to pay as much money to buy a tomato can or to use a tomato can. They don't even have to sign tomato cans in women's boxing, right? Because all the broads are just trying to make a buck. And some of the good ones, they're trying to be superstars. And some of the tomato cans are just trying to get their ass whipped by the highest bidder. Okay. So Michael uh, chimes in. They're used to, um, they're used to test prospects and take them into new territory. So you do have a point there, Michael. Um, tomato cans. So there's a difference now. We want to get into this. Tomato cans are one thing. Journeymen and journey women are another thing. Okay, so let's go. Let's talk about tomato cans. Tomato cans are the people that you find at the maybe 7-Eleven, Circle K, a stripper at a strip club, somebody who has no clue, has no business has no preparation. Maybe it, um, somebody, um, some scumbag went to the local uh, ex fighting gym or aerobic boxing class and they found uh, a target that 
feels like, yeah, I can do this because I've taken a couple uh, aerobic boxing classes or uh, I'm a karate gal or, or guy and yeah, I'll take a fight. And they signed him up to fight a fighter who is a professional fighter who has been training for weeks and months, days, weeks and months, and they get slaughtered. Okay, so that's a tomato can, someone who has no business in there. Okay, then we go on into journeymen and journey women. Um, so Michael comes in, a target for showcasing new talent and a human punching bag, uh, someone who has less skill at the craft. Okay, so you're getting it now, you see it. So in a sense, lambs to the slaughter. Okay, so a promoter will, or as managers and promoters will find these tomato cans and they'll put them in the ring with their fighter and this is where I, this is where the black eye comes in, in, in women's boxing, especially, uh, these women are not conditioned to take the punishment that, uh, is going to be inflicted on them in this type of match. Now the average Jane ain't built for no fight. Okay. So I'm going to say that. Um, so, uh, Ms. Scott chimes in. So who does this benefit? Read. So read the, the, um, if you, if you're listening, Ms. Scott, uh, I'm gonna repeat it, but I want you to understand because there's a cart, there's this cartoon clip that I have on, on the screen. Uh, the promoter is telling the fighter and just remember, it's not all about whether you win or lose, it's about how much money I'm gonna get, okay? So it all benefits the promoter, yeah. The promoter is the one that's putting on the event. So yeah, come watch my fighter slaughter a mofo. Nobody cares about the background of that other fighter, right? At this point, they just want, because the promoter is promoting their fighter. They just wanna see, cause they're all excited now about what marketing and everything has come together for the promoter's fighter. They want to see that fighter in action. So they just throw a lamb in there for this lion to eat up. And, um, you know, the, 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 the tomato can or this person unwittingly signs up for this, they get slaughtered. They get knocked the hell out most of the time. Okay. They get paid a couple hundred dollars their name goes on uh, the this fighter's record, and most likely you'll probably see them three or four more times before they realize that they're now just being used as an opponent or as opponents, and they give up. Okay, um, and then you never see them. Uh, then we have, like I said, journeymen and journey women. So journeymen and journey women are actual fighters who have not gotten either they've gotten haven't gotten in a position to have good promotion, have good management, have a proper team, but they're pretty good prospects, okay? Journeymen and journey women are just 
people who uh, were have have just had uh, a harder time in the game than uh, the promoters fighter. They're the ones. They're the ones eating plain bowls of rice. Um, they're the ones for for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They're the ones that you know running in the sauna suit, having to cut weight. They're the ones that you see. Those are the real Rockies. Those are the real heroes, I would say. Yes, because they really ain't got nobody on their side. They're taking that journey by themselves. That's why they're called journeymen and journeywomen. So journeymen and journeywomen are skilled fighters, okay? They are also gatekeepers. So they are used as a measure for the promoter's fighter or the promoter's prospect to see if this prospect is indeed good enough to rise up to championship uh, opposition, okay? Will this promoter, this promoter, this is now the promoter seeing if this fighter that they have signed is worthy or, or is this investment going to is this investment going to be worth me continuing to put money into them by buying their fights, by putting on shows and featuring them on my, on the shows, by marketing them, by purse bidding for the good fights for them? This is all what the promoter's doing. So Michael or uh, Michael comes in saying showcasing of new talent. So they're always going to showcase the talent, right? But there's a method to the madness, right? Each time a fighter shows up, it's a showcase, okay? So the promoter now used to, at a certain point, let the fighters fight it out and may the best fighter win. And once that the, best fi the better fighter wins, then the better fighter gets the promoter, okay? Um, a famous promoter who shamelessly did this was Don King. Don King used to be uh, the promoter of both fighters in the ring. Uh, that's why they they call him the devil of boxing. Um, he he used to be the one that he's the promoter of uh, in the red corner, that fighter and the promoter of the blue corner. And they would just be going at it. And he'd be standing there with that smile on his face only in America. Right. Because it doesn't matter either way. He's the one getting paid. Um, Omar chimes in from my experience, the purse for these tomato cans are significantly lower than the opponent's their opponents. Uh, it's basically a way to purchase a positive record quickly and cheaply. Okay. Looks like you know your stuff, Omar. Yes. Um, these tomato cans, let's say tomato cans, um, they're coming in with no, having no clue about the business, right? So somebody's going to say, Hey, you want to make a couple hundred dollars? You, you fight 10 minutes, right? 12 minutes. 12 minutes is what? Four rounds? That uh, two times. Uh, yeah, 10 minutes is 12 minutes is four rounds. Um, 
roughly. I mean, I, I counted three rounds, uh, three minute rounds, but you know, women fight two minute rounds. So uh, still uh, you get one minute to rest. So you still fight for 12 minutes. Okay. So um, the five, yeah, the, the, um, the person says, yeah, I'll fight 10 minutes. I, I get a thousand dollars. I get $800 for only 12 minutes of my time, not knowing that is that could potentially be or most likely be the longest mofo 10 to 12 minutes of getting their ass whooped. And some of them don't, most of them don't even last the whole 12 minutes. They are gone in the first minute, minute and a half, two minutes of the fight. Okay, so that's how that works. Michael chimes in. Sometimes the tomato cans are responsible for paying their own way to a fight. I could tell you some stories. Okay, uh, Michael Orr also says the B side of boxing is not glamorous at all. Hey, I've been I've been a B side fighter most of my life, right? Because sugar. That's why sugar come came back and told the story. Right. I came up in a time where you had to play nice. If you were a woman, you had to play nice to get a promoter. And we're going to go into what playing nice might mean for a women, for a female pugilist. OK, um, Michael Orr at Omar Johnson. I agree. It's a great way. uh to buy a record. So most of them, most of these promoters or most of these fighters, legends have bought records, okay? They're not finding their way to the top. They have bought records. A lot of people are now talking about, number one, I would say, and this ain't hating or nothing. It is what it is. I'm gonna call a thing a thing. Amanda Serrano, they out there calling her the beast and all of this and all of that like she bad. She padded. Her record is bought. She has all those fights. You look at her fights. Most of her fights are in Puerto Rico against tomato cans or against journey women who didn't have the money or promotion that she has because she had sponsors and she had people investing in her from the U.S., even though Puerto Rican Puerto Rico uses U.S. money, Puerto Rican fighters are not getting paid that that kind of money. So they can buy a, a, a tomato can, a Puerto Rican tomato can, and run through her. They could buy a Puerto Rican journey woman because there are a lot of good female fighters over there. They just never get a chance. Okay. Um, Michael chimes in. You could tell if they bought a record, just go through their wins and see who they fight. Exactly. But ain't nobody doing that. Okay. But this is, this is something that I want you guys to think about the next time they put, push a female up in your face, a broad up in your face, telling you she the one. Do you know anyone that she's fought? Who has she fought? Is that person a name? If that person doesn't have a name, doesn't have a real record in boxing, she's padded. Okay. Uh, 
Michael comes in just because you have 40 fights and 38 of them are nobodies doesn't mean shit. I don't call anybody a nobody in boxing, especially women's boxing. Um, people like to use that term nobody. I'm somebody if I if if I I'm brave enough and I got enough gonads to step into that mother ring. Because a lot of y'all sitting out there in that chair don't even have the heart to do that. So these tomato cans and these journeymen and these journey women are somebody, right? Now, they may not be a name in the game, but they are somebody, especially the journeymen and the journey women. They are the ones who make that fighter somebody. Yes. They stand on that person's shoulders. Jessica McCaskill is that bitch right now because she beat me. The next person she stepped up to fight was who? Katie Taylor. Okay? So, and she talking shit now up there in the top rankings because she ain't never fought nobody else as tough as Sugar. That's why. Because Sugar, unfortunately, was a journey woman. I didn't get the breaks. I didn't play nice. I didn't do what most women were willing to do to get a promoter. I was dead set on just using these. Okay? And I'm proud. I'm proud still of who I am and what I became in the sport. Because at the end of the day, uh, when they talk about sugar, it's some respect on that name. Okay. Uh-oh. We got the siren. So it's really real. It's really real tonight on the sugar show. Omar ch chimes in. Uh, Michael Orr, uh, it is, but it's se severely, it's severely hurting the validation of these belts, which is horrible because of the amount of legends who fought to gain them. Omar, you got some you you got some knowledge now. You know what you're doing, you know what you're saying. Michael Org uh, chimes back to um Omar Johnson. I couldn't have said it better myself. Me neither, Michael. This 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 Omar know what they talking about. Uh Michael Orr also comes in. I almost thought we were going to get away without hearing the siren. Stop it. Um, uh, Miss Scott chimes in. Uh, so I could say she's a con artist. Well, if somebody ain't fighting the real competition out there and they claim they're the champion, are they really the champion? That's all I got to say, right? You up there, that's why a lot of them, they have this plastic smile on their face. They make these uh, goofy ass faces and all that shit in the camera because they've made it to a place where they don't have to worry about nobody. They don't have to worry about hard opposition anymore when they get to the top, when they get that promoter, right? When, when they're having fights bought for them because they don't have to face real opposition. They don't have to 
face real fighters like Sugar anymore and like other fighters who have fought hard in the game to get a spot on the ratings, right? Those people who are fighting hard to get ranked are conveniently avoided, are conveniently ignored, right? And so the promoter then prom pays for a tomato can, promotes the tomato can, like it, the tomato can's a real fighter. Yes, yes, yes. And then when their fighter goes in and slaughters the tomato can, ooh, they're a beast. While the real contenders stay shelved. Stay shelved and get stale. And their bones get soft. And then the matchmaker now, who we're going to go through, that person on the team picks them. You got a shot. Seven, seven days notice. Right, you're a real contender. You get a call now because you're in the rankings. You got a shot, but in seven days, how the hell are you gonna get ready for a fight, a championship fight for all the belts or for the belt in seven days? Now, you hear uh, old school fighters saying, "Oh, you gotta stay ready. You gotta stay ready." No, not in this game. Not in this day and age. That was some old dustiness before where everybody was just running a couple miles and then, you know, you fight it out in the ring. Now we have these champions training in training camp, making their weight weeks or months ahead. Okay. Um, getting strength and conditioning training. They are prepared to go have, have their fight strategy. They are prepared to go those 10 to 12 rounds to fight for that belt and retain that belt while you had just, you're just in pretty decent shape waiting to get a call, right? You can't be in championship shape waiting for a fight. That doesn't happen, right? And it shouldn't happen. But it's rampant in women's boxing because nobody pays attention. And that's why a lot of these women, especially the women coming out of Mexico, um, that's why these women are getting bludgeoned in the ring. They're getting beat so bad that they go into coma and some of them don't make it out. And when, Or if they do make it out, they don't have their faculties. Yes, they're talking like that. I'm not making fun of nobody. I've seen it. Y'all won't though, right? They go back to their families like that. They have to hold their hands. They're pretty much special needs now, disabled people, because they have been taken advantage of by this game. Um. Oh, uh, Miss Scott comes in, uh, or Mr. Fleming. Tyrone comes in. Would you come out of retirement? Do you know that I've been sent several contracts to come out of retirement now? When Sugar was ready and when Sugar was active, nobody called Sugar. Nobody sent Sugar no contracts or nothing. But now that they've seen that I've been in inactive for years since my last fight, which was a knockout, because I spun back on their ass after Jessica McCaskill, uh, Jessica Camara tried to come for me because she was supposed to be the next champ. And I spun back and knocked her ass out 
within two two rounds. I think two rounds, call it two, right? The line went cold and dry again. And then I got contracts after contracts. I even got, I got contract from Katie Taylor. I got contract from Cecilia Brekas. You name him, uh, Callie Reeves, uh, Layla McCart, everybody. Yes. Coming for little old me now that I decided to stand, I'm, to, to take a break out of it. Or, or or take a step out of it and, and gain some weight and look pretty out here, right? Now they want to fight me because they know my bones are soft. Screw them. So would I come out of retirement? I mean, there's always talk, if, if there's a sweet deal, if I'm being offered six figures, you damn skillet. Yeah, sugar will step out of retirement. But for their little robbery purses that they're trying to, for a little $5,000, for a little $10,000, no, you can't buy my pride. Because that's what it would be, them buying my pride. And sugar ain't never sold her pride. That's why sugar's career, or that's why sugar didn't get as many fights or many shots as she should have in the game. Um, Miss Scott comes out. <laughs> oh, she she's addressing you, Mister uh, Tyrone. Uh, are you trying to call? Are are you trying to call out Sugar? He better not. He better not. He he'll see some. He he don't don't let sugar turn you into no tomato can, huh? I still got pot now. I I can still lay them down, lay them out. Uh, it, it just ain't gonna be as um as quick as when sugar was the beast. Okay. Um, Michael uh, chimes in, says, I was high risk, Miss Too Bad. He called me Miss Too Bad. Yes, I was a high risk. I was high risk opposition because I could knock somebody out or if I didn't knock them out, I was going to hurt them so badly that they would be ruined for the next fight. And I was trained to be like that. Uh, thank you. Jerome Coffey, one of my, uh, and he was a, a, a good, uh, he was a good fighter too. Uh, um, former elite level professional male fighter. Um, he, he trained me. So I would be a fight, uh, uh, um, a fighter that ruins other fighters because if you're going to rob me, you're going to get ruined. And that's what he used to say. Um, Omar chimes in. I 100% agree with you, Sugar. I feel that the business of boxing has completely lost its authenticity. And in any sport, that's why that's what truly generates viewers and followers. Followers, You're absolutely right. Authenticity is what, especially something like what we do, uh, fighting, right? You want to you wanna see the will. You want to see the passion. You want to see the devotion of a fighter in that ring that has done everything they've needed to do to climb the ranks and to train and to extend themselves to show the world and to show and, and to show off against other elite opposition that they are indeed the best doing it. 
Omar also says, or people uh, that will obsess over the sport and make it better. I'm not sure what you meant by that. Um, Miss Scott comes in and says, I agree with Omar. So we are having a party. Yes, it's a party. So, um, oh, and Tyrone says, I also agree with Omar. Listen, Omar, looks like I got a co-host tonight. I like it. Um, you know, you know your stuff. So, um, yes. I, I, I mean, I've rambled, but I'm I'm hoping that you guys or or everyone listening uh, and and in attendance to uh, this episode tonight understands now what the climate is, what's going on. Okay, so we have the so you know we talked about the promoter being the person who um, finds the talent and pays for everything, but also gets paid by. Um, from everything, from the events and everything. Okay. Uh, the, the manager, the manager is the one that finds actually also finds good fights or so the manager will take a fight offered by another promoter or their own promoter against opposition for their fighter or their client, the boxer. Okay. Now the boxer everyone who is working in the boxer's best interest is going to be looking for fighters or opposition that's going to make their fighter look extraordinary. Uh, Miss Scott comes in. I love boxing, but I can't tell nowadays uh, the authenticity of any of these boxers. Correct. And it's even worse now because most boxers are co-promoting the events. So best example, Floyd Mayweather. Okay. Floyd Mayweather, after amassing uh, a few fights under his belt as a professional, became his own promoter. That's why they call him Money Mayweather. It wasn't because ain't no money in the ring. Right. They call him Money Mayweather because he started promoting fights and he started promoting his own fights. So he getting the money. Go get the money. Go get the money. Right. So uh, he was the one that started that. So and as a, and that was it was ingenious um, on his part because he gets to dictate everything now. He's the boxer and he's the promoter. So he's going to choose the, the opposition that suits him the best. He's the one paying the timekeepers, the referees, the judges, the medical personnel, the commentators, the cameramen. So who do you think is, they want to make sure looks extraordinary when the fight's happening or when the fight's going on? The person that's paying them, the promoter. The promoter happens to be the fighter. So that's how that works now, especially nowadays. It's not like back in the times with even going back to Ali and them or Lady Tiger Tremar and them, where the promoter and the fighter were on different rungs. Now, in this day and age, 
most of the time, the promoter is the fighter. Yeah. I'm waiting for some. And you know what? Um, Tyrone asked me something. And with that point being said, if I would come out of retirement, you know what? Seeing as how the game is played, it sugar might come out of retirement if I, if I promote the fight. Yeah. Now I'm going to get paid and I'm going to win. Why not? Right? So we may do that. Now, Sugar going to always put on a show, whether she fights a tomato can or whether she fights great opposition, because it's not about, I, I'm a crone now. So I'm the type of crone where I am the show. When I go in, when I get in the ring, people come to see me win or lose. Yeah. That's how my fans are. I got my fans over in Japan, over in Turkey, uh, over, um, I mean, call it, I fought there. I leave with the, I leave with the room. I got fans. So the, um, and, and these people, Denmark, these people, uh, constantly communicate with me. They email me. They, you know, I'm always, I'm, I'm still active in the, in, in their, in their minds. And I'm so grateful for that. Right. Because if I was to believe what these paid, um, resources have on paper about me, I would feel like I didn't do anything. Right. It, it's, it's the, it's my fans. It's the, it's the people who've been a part of the game. It's that world that lets me know that I am valid. Um, Michael comes in. If you come out of retirement, I'll work your corner for free. <laughs> All right, Mike, I got you. I got you. Um, yeah. So, you know, the manager then, you know, makes sure and negotiates with the promoter uh, and, and makes sure the pay is fair. Uh, Omar comes in. Sugar got fans everywhere. Uh, you damn right. And, you know, I'm not I'm not talking junk because I earned those fans. I bled for those fans. Yes. I've left blood in the ring for those. And, and those fans followed me in and out the ring. So, yes, um, I was just speaking to an average Joe the other day and he said we were having a conversation and he says, uh, I've never talked to normal people. Don't say the things you say or talk like you talk as if I'm crazy, as if not being normal was a bad thing. And so. I told him, how many women do you know like sugar? How many women do you know, right, has been, if not the, the second baddest bitch in the world? That's who you talking to, right? And I'm not making that up. So if I come off a little crazy, you got to be a little crazy to be the baddest in the world. You got to be a, a little crazy to hang, right? Because this ain't no degree, right? Being a fighter, being a pugilist, don't sleep on us. Don't look down on us. This ain't no degree. This ain't no education that you can buy, right? We are who we are. 
because we are the best. And nobody, nobody, not no average person can test and pass our test. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, uh, Tyrone comes in, you stating facts on Jesus sandals. <laughs> I've been wanting to use that term, but yes, facts, bars. Um, our host says, that's why you have your own show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's why Sugar has her own show because like when I'm spitting, when I, what I'm speaking is real. This is real. It's not made up. Um, Tyrone comes in, LOL. Um, uh, and the host comes in because you speak the whole truth, no holding back. I have to. I have to speak the truth. And I can't hold back because a lot of women have died doing this. And people want to think, why would you do this? Or why would you want? Because we can. Just like the men do it, we do it. Just like people go to war. Why would they go to war? Well, we do it too. Um, hey, Graham, you're chiming in. Hello, Graham. Thank you for, for coming to the party. Um, and so we went through the manager because, you know, time is ticking and I love that. I love tonight. I'm just feeling the love and I love, and I like that everyone's chiming in. I like everyone spitting that game to sugar, right? Whether you know boxing or not, I just love it. Okay. Because this is, this is real fight talk. This is real fight talk. Okay. Uh, Miss Scott comes in. Sugar is genuine. She shoots straight. Just like that right hand down the pipe. Yeah, I'm going for the KO. Right? Because I have no, I have no loyalty to anything in this game except for the truth. I have no loyalty except for to the truth. Right? Because I, I respect this game. I respect boxing so much. So you ain't going to find sugar, sugar. You ain't going to see sugar in nobody's pocket. And Mike comes in and that makes you more dangerous. I'm starting to think that you're right about that. <laughs> so um, then we have the matchmaker who's a part of this team. And the matchmaker now is, I would say, one of... Uh oh, um, yeah, my lovely assistant says there are more images in the slideshow. All right, bring the other one in. Change this image. Change this one for those who are watching. Um, so then we have the matchmaker. Uh-oh. And so in this um in this image, for those who are listening in, uh, and those who are watching, you can see uh the fighter is so the, the, the boxers, there's two boxers in the ring. Uh, and then we have somebody standing on the outside saying, get up, get up. And then the referee counting. Um, but what the image is, is the two fighters, one fighter is standing and the other fighter has actually been knocked down through the, the floor of the ring. Feet, feet sticking up. 
uh, through the ring, knocked down into the ring. And the person on the on the side saying, get up, get up. That most likely is the manager. Yes. So the manager's uh, perspective and some slimy manager, there's mostly slimy managers out there. They want you to get up. They don't care how beat up, how hurt you are. They don't care. You better drag your ass to the finish line. That's how that works. That's the mentality you got to have as a fighter, knowing that these people don't care. They, they just care about making their money off my blood, off my head. And I'm the one paying them. Right? Because manager gets paid out of the fighter's purse. Um, the promoter gets paid regardless. So fighter sells tickets. Guess who gets either all the ticket sales or a good majority of the ticket sales? The promoter. And if the promoter has done a purse bid for the fight, meaning that they've bid to get a huge fight, the promoter is also getting paid from that purse bid. But we're going to go into that. So um, the matchmaker who nowadays is the deadliest person on the boxing team, this one is the, the stalker. So this matchmaker has a list, has a hit list um, of fighters for the client. And it's all timing. It's all tomato cans. It's all journey women. It's all, so these people and the, the matchmaker is looking at who's getting stale. The matchmaker is looking at who hasn't, um, who fought weak composition. The manager is studying to see who has, what other fighter has padded records. So we can find that other pad. Um, pad, um, pad fighter, right? The matchmaker does their very best to avoid relevant opposition for their client, right? They're not trying to fight somebody who will give their fighter a fight. That's how it is now. Right. So they're not trying to find somebody who's going to uh, be the type of opposition to make their their client extend themselves and become better fighters because they beat good opposition. No, no, they are the they are the punks. They're the punk leaders. OK, um, so Miss Scott asked. Who gets the bigger piece of the fight or the bigger piece of the purse? The promoter and then um, the manager uh, gets, sometimes the manager gets up to 40% of the fighter's purse because a lot of fighters don't understand business. They don't understand the numbers that are involved in the business of boxing, right? They don't understand that. So when now you come to a person who doesn't have that knowledge and you talk about percentages and you're talking about um, 
you know, purses and expenses and who's going to pay this or what, they get confused. And then they put their trust in the promoter and the manager, which is where a lot of fighters get taken advantage of because you rarely find a manager or a promoter that's actually looking out for the best interest of the fighter. They're all looking out for the best interest of themselves and getting the most money off of that fighter's blood into their pockets. Um, Michael says they're trying to ride the fame train as long as they can get paid. That too, right? Everybody. Michael says, I think young fighters who have just turned professionals should go through a class and be taught on how to deal with business in the industry, in this industry that's so shady. <laughs> Good luck. Um, yes, young fighters should do that. They should. But now you got to think about it. It's a very predatory industry. Sugar was the type of fighter that would ask these questions. Sugar was the type of fighter that started to learn about the percentages and what those things mean meant. And you know what they did to sugar? They shelved sugar. Yeah, they don't want nobody smart. They don't want nobody to know how much money they should be getting. <laughs> so, as a, um, I, I guess, as a way to tell me how they feel, they turned me into a journey woman. Yeah, that's how that happened. Um, Tyrone comes in. Great idea, Michael. So what I'm saying to you guys, it is a great idea. But in this industry, the um, the glory for the business end of this industry. That's why Floyd is who he is. That's why Floyd is the greatest boxing businessman. He truly is. He's not a, he's not a great fighter. He's a great businessman, right? Because everybody want to talk about this way. Well, I'm gonna I'm I'm tell y'all this right now. Floyd Mayweather, even though he's gotten to this 50 and 0 perfect record, could not stand in there with Roberto Duran, could not stand in there with Tommy Hearns, to, could not um, stand in there with Sugar Ray Leonard, could not stand in there with Marvin Hagler, could not. These men were going 15 three-minute rounds and they were fighting all three minutes. The whole time when nobody shimmer, shimmering and shimmying and dancing and ain't nobody coming under no finesse type stuff. It was time to fight. Floyd Mayweather has brittle hands. How are you going to get through 15 rounds against King Kong? And all of those men were King Kong. Only if you were the business, only only if you're the businessman that you are now, right? Existing how you are existing now. Cause sorry, Floyd, not your daddy couldn't even make it through a fight with um with Sugar Ray. How how you think he was gonna do? And this is no shade. 
you're a great fighter. I respect you totally. You have good. I mean, you're you're a genius when it comes to fighting and boxing. But we got to say this. You can't you can't shimmy yourself out of 15, three minute rounds against a killer. Who's who is who fights all three minutes of 15 rounds. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, Vinny Ali comes in, bring him to the talk, talk and fight Academy of Boxing. Uh, and Mike, Mike says, Tyrone Fleming, thanks. Uh, Mike says, uh, Vinny Ali for real. And Mike comes in, true, get gladiators. I mean, we gotta, we gotta call a thing a thing. So this knowledge is not known. Okay, so we're gonna go back. So this the we got the matchmaker who's a part of the team. Okay, we are hour into the show, but you know what? We still having a party. Okay, um, the matchmaker is supposed to look over the candidates for the fights and match their fighter evenly with good opposition, but that's not what's happening right now, right? Um, they're finding people who are not, um who are, are not of the caliber and, and are off of the rankings. And then they put the promoter, they give it to the promoter and the promoter then through marketing uh, makes these people into supposed opposition or, or champions. And then when the fighter blasts through this made up um, tomato can, um, you know, um, on to the next, okay? Uh, Omar says, everyone leave a like. You gotta keep this show going. Yes, oh, thank you, Omar. Yes, everyone leave a like, please. Like, subscribe, and share. But um, before, I, lovely assistant, can you put up another image, please? Do I have another image? Cause we won't wrap it up. Um, now, for those people who are listening in, I'm going to describe this next image, but my people who are watching, look at it. Okay. Now you got the trainer in the corner saying to the fighter in the, in the cartoon, the fighter is sitting on a stool and the trainer is, um, behind him saying, now don't forget you're diving in the third. That happens. That happens. And that is what happened in this recent fight um, between Jessica McCaskill and um, Ibarra. I forgot her first name. Um, my guys come in with the, um, with the facts. So McCaskill versus Ibarra, the trainer made a side deal with the promoter that they were going to stop the fight. Um, I believe it was in the second round. And everybody knew about it except for Ibarra. Well, no, I wouldn't say every except for Ibarra. Ibarra sitting there on the stool realized that she got sold out by everybody on her team. And she said, she said she was done. She said, I want to go home to my kids. I want to make it back to my children alive because she realized that she got sold out by everybody on her team. And a lot of women don't get to leave out of that situation alive. So she made 
the best decision. They call in her a quitter in women's boxing now. And McCaskill is there with, you know, acting like she's some kind of beast or something. But McCaskill, ever since my fight, she, her, her people have been putting the fix in. So it is what it is. Um, okay, so Vinny comes in. Alma Ibarra. Yes, Alma Ibarra realized that night while sitting on a stool in the second round when she fought Jessica McCaskill that my whole team sold me, sold my ass. I ain't doing this. I'm done. And by that, people are like, yeah, 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 yeah. McCaskill stops Ibarra. No, Ibarra stopped that shit because she realized that it was more her life was more valuable than all the shit that was going on. And it was a 40, we're going into purse bid and we want to talk about that fight. So the purse bid or um, the purse bid is the process which promoters bid for the right to stage a fight. And these fights, women's fights are getting big now. So they're affordable for pro pro um, promoters. A promoter now can make a lot of money by putting on women a woman's fight because he doesn't have to in he or she doesn't have to invest as much money as they would in um if they were to buy a male fight. So that's why women's boxing is getting more popular now. It's not that the fighters are better. It's not it's it's not the Olympics. It's not none of that shit. It's that promoters are realizing that now society is so prog is so progressive that they will in enter be entertained by women um, fighting on a commercial level because we were always fighting, but we were underground. Uh, Long tour comes in. Your stream uh, category is just chatting. Maybe should be talk shows and podcasts. Okay. All right, thanks for thanks for that um observation, uh, long tour. We we gonna we gonna change it to yeah, we're gonna switch it to talk shows and podcasts. Yeah, and maybe that's why I met more people ain't showing up to the party or sports or health and fitness. You're damn right. Thanks, long tour, for for um dropping that jewel for me. Okay, so um but back to boxing for the purse bid now. Um the promoter who bids the highest wins. Okay. So they win the purse bid. They get to put on this huge fight. And so whatever money and marketing and everything that goes on goes in their pocket. Okay. Then they get to negotiate with both fighters, how much money that uh, they're going to shell off to each fighter, um, to, to each fighter's team um, for the fight. Okay. So um, there, there's a purse split, okay? So there's a purse bid and the purse split. They are going to now split that money um, among their fighter and then uh, the opposition of their fighter. And the uh, like Omar said earlier, the opposition of their fighter are the ones that get pennies, okay? Um, the, the fighter who's the promoter's fighter may get um, a good, may probably may get maybe uh, 
thirty percent of the of the actual uh, purse money, and then the promoter gets seventy percent of the entire thing. So that's what you know. That's what that's how you break down. Um, that's how it's broken down. Okay. So going back to, you know, the, this Ibarra, I want y'all to start looking at, looking now at this whole thing, because, uh, there's a common trend in all of these champions now. And then this is what I'm talking about with women playing nice. A lot of these champions are, um, a lot of these women's champions are Eddie Hearn's girl, especially our darling Katie Taylor. Now, everybody knows that you can't be a track star for this long and, and be making that kind of money. So you got to be the promoter's girl and you got to play nice. So as a woman in this industry, you have to have a special relationship with everybody on your team in order for them to take care of you, if you know what I mean. So sometimes playing nice may mean you're going to have to put something on somebody. And I'll let you use your imagination there, right? Um, this will come out in the book and the memoirs. But yeah, I can say this. I've had I've had several propositions by some good names out there to play nice. And because I didn't play nice, I didn't get the shots. I didn't get no opportunities. So I'm going to just leave that right there. Okay? So just know everybody out here. Okay? Oh, goodness, long tour, sleeping their way to the top. Or, uh, listen, like I said, anything that uh, has to do with playing nice, that's what's going to keep you in the game. Okay. So, a lot of these women champions, they got to play nice until they don't play nice no more. And then when they stop playing nice, it's done. Their asses are done. Look at Cecilia Breakhouse, right? All her damn belts got took by McCaskill. And it sounds like I'm living on McCaskill's name, but I mean, this is what I know. This, like, this is what's going on, okay? Um, Cecilia Breakhouse did not lose any of those fights against Jessica McCaskill. It's just that Cecilia Brekas, she was getting long in the tooth and she ain't want to play nice no more. Yeah, it gets kind of, it starts to wear on you when you get used up. Yeah. So now you got a young girl, a young fresh broad on the block that says, she said, I'll play nice. And now she playing nice and she getting all the gravy from playing nice. Okay. I'm telling you the authentic environment, the authentic story of what's going on out here, right? But like I said, Sugar ain't never sold her pride. So ain't nobody got a story on me. Um, 
And so we're going to end the show saying that right there. Lovely assistant, is there any more um, images? Let's see what we got. Okay, so we got um, a fighter in the in the um, corner reading a newspaper and they got uh, champagne in the spit bucket and the trainer saying, remember Spike, there isn't a thing, uh, there is such a thing called overconfidence. So this image here, really just depicts uh, the fact that a fighter, um, a fighter knowing that um, they're picked to win. So they're not even trying, they're relaxing in the corner. This, the fighter smoking a cigar in the corner, right? Because they know that the, everything was set up for them to win. Any other um, images? Come on, lovely assistant. What we got? Oh goodness. Um, I don't know what the caption on that one is. I think this caption uh, says um, the fighter looked like he just got knocked down by the other opponent and the person standing on the outside of the ring, the fighters crawling to the rope on the outside of the ring. And I think the, the, um, the person, the man standing out the other side, outside the ring, is telling the fighter who's on his hands and knees, um, "This, this looks like it, it can be your biggest comeback ever." So that would be something a manager would say to a fighter who has just gotten, or maybe a named fighter who's just gotten they ass knocked out. Um, the manager is saying, don't worry about it. We're going to turn this around. We're going to get some tomato cans for you. We want to put it together. So it shows, it shows that you, you're making a great comeback. You're going to make a great comeback from this, right? Because like I said before, it's not about these fighters up here that y'all see. These champions are not the best. They're not the best. They may have the best team, though. Right. But you're not seeing the best of women's boxing right now. A lot of the the great fighters, Layla McCarter, uh, Chevelle Hallback, there's a couple of them out there. They are sitting at number one on the rankings, not the ESPN rankings, not on uh, ring magazine rankings, not on these bought rankings because people like to use those. Those are not the official rankings. I'm talking about those, the belt rankings, right? These people, these names, these contenders are number one and they've been sitting there for years, conveniently being avoided by these champions. And because it's women's boxing, nobody cares. Nobody's insisting that these champions fight the actual top five contenders in, in their divisions. Michael comes in, each in individual sanctioning body rankings. Exactly. And even though each sanctioning body does get paid off, there is still a ranking system. And if you are a fighter, I, I was ranked in the top 10 for most of my career. Most of my career. Top five, arguably. Yeah. Right. I was ranked number two and three 
But then I didn't have I didn't have a promoter to pay that money to keep me up there and in the rankings. So I had to fight and stay there. And the only way to fight and stay there is to fight and win. So then they stopped fighting me. And so I got off the shelf. Yeah, they kicked me out the game. And that's what happened. Uh, Michael says the, the picture's caption should say, get up, you son of a bitch, because <laughs> Mikey loves you. <laughs> okay. That's, oh, that's from Rocky. Okay. Yeah, well, Rocky shows some truths about the industry. Okay. But we're going to wrap up tonight. Okay. We're going to wrap it up tonight. And like my, like my guy Omar says, like, subscribe, share. Oh, uh, my lovely assistant put up the last image. And the last image is that of the boxer sitting on the stool. Uh, and this boxer is a boxer who does not have a team <laughs> uh, behind him. So this boxer is sitting there with the um, with the busted jaw, with the bandaid on on his jaw, with the black eyes, with the lumps on his um on his forehead, and just looking dejected, and he's bleeding and just sitting there, right? But it's in a cartoon form, and there's light to that to the situation because it's a cartoon. But it it's really not funny, and a lot of fighters go through this and they go through it and are ignored because it's just, uh, it's just, a, um, like a, a farm, right? After you get grinded up and spit out, chewed up and spit out, it's the next and the next and the next until you lose your faculties. If you're not smart, Right. Uh, until they set you up and they use you and they and you bleed and bleed until you're no longer a functional human being. You can't take care of yourself and they send you home to your family that you've been trying to fight and 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 take care of. Um, and, and you become don't I don't want to say a burden, but you become now someone that they have to take care of like a baby. It's not fair. Um, Graham comes in. Do managers do enough to protect? Goodness. Uh, I, I didn't see that. Can, can you come back again with that question? I suppose you were saying, do managers do enough? Do managers do enough to protect their boxers who suffer concussions? No, they don't. They don't. Um, a... Uh, a fighter who has suffered a concussion, they don't even want, they argue against when a fighter is dropped, that's a concussion. Once you drop, um, if it's not a slip or whatever, you've received a concussion. Okay. Um, they don't, um, and, and when you get knocked out completely, for sure, concussion. Okay. The manager does not do their best to protect their fighters because they'll, they, they book fights right after, right? You at least supposed to sit out for six months for your brain to heal. Because when you get a concussion, that means your brain was slammed against your skull and there's a rip somewhere in your brain. Yeah. 
So your brain and there might be bleeding inside there. Okay. So my ex-husband, Chris Johnson fought Antonio Tarver. And in that fight, because his management, his team set him up for that fight and he wasn't prepared well, he got knocked out. He, he became a journeyman. Okay. This Chris Johnson, Olympic bronze medalist, right? This ain't no tomato can. Okay. Um, even though Antonio Tarver is an Olympic silver medalist, there should have been more respect with this matchup, but there wasn't. Okay. And Chris Johnson got a brain hemorrhage, almost died in the ring. Right. But when he collapsed, they put his hand up like this. So they, somebody raised his hand up like this. So it looked like he was waving that he was okay took him to the hospital and left him there to die. Okay. It gets real. So, and that's male boxing in, in female boxing. It ain't no different. It's probably worse, right? Because that's how that girl in Quebec died. That's how that girl got flown to Quebec and she got killed. And then the girl who fought her after she killed that girl in the ring, she fought, I think, like a month or two after, like nothing happened. How you going to kill somebody and step back in the ring? Okay, this is what's happening. Um, Michael says uh, he was removed from the ring on the stretcher. Yep. But they waved his hand up like this. To, to, so people can think that he's okay. But this is what happens. Just like um, uh, Alexandra, the, the girl that just fought Hannah Rankin. Rankin. Hannah Rankin and her promoter said, oh, she's okay. She was in a coma for three or four days, a week. How the hell are you okay if you're in a damn coma for a week? And do you think she just woke up out the coma like Sleeping Beauty? Hey guys, I'm back. No, I've spoken to people. I've done my uh, due diligence in, in the background and spoken to people who are in contact with this young lady. Um, Y'all find out, come in and tell me who is it, who this um, woman is, the name of the fighter. I think her name is Alexandra. I forgot her last name that just fought Hannah Rankin and got beat into a coma. They said she can't even... She can't even uh, say her own name. No one's interviewing these fighters after these fights. Ayala. Alexandra Ayala. No one's, no one, you just go through the mail. All right, so this is what the game is. But I digress, okay? Um, women's boxing is now, the. there's a climate here that, Women are being abused in, in this sport because now they're using these um, shenanigans and, and these um, unhealthy practices that have been going on in male boxing for years. That's why there was a Muhammad Ali act. That's why certain fighters stood up, stood up and tried to become a union because um, people, it's just like sex trafficking. People's bodies are being used for money and they're not getting the benefits of being used and they are dying. 
it's a beautiful sport if everyone's prepared and if everyone fights fair, but there's no such thing as that nowadays. So you guys like, subscribe, share. And if there are any questions that you have, please. Oh, yep. They, Michael Orr put, Ayala suffered a stroke in Glasgow. Oh, so you must have been reading, you must have read a publication that was bought by one of the promoters because this is, this is hundreds of thousands of dollars, close to millions of dollars, okay? So it wasn't a stroke. She got knocked into a coma. People who have strokes are still conscious. She got knocked, she got beat into a coma by Hannah Rankin who was pre more prepared for this fight. That's what happened. Um, like, subscribe, share. And if you have any other questions, brain swelled from being hit. Okay, she almost died. Um, like, subscribe, and share. If there's any questions that you may have, do not be shy to leave a comment even after the fact, after this show is over. I will definitely do my diligence to answer your questions. Thank you, everybody that showed up tonight. Miss Scott, Omar, Mike, Tyrone. Um, who else we got? Graham. Um, who else we got? Long Tour. Eric, all my people, like it was such a great party tonight. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to host this discussion. And I'll see you guys next Wednesday. I hope y'all come back and meet me. Like, subscribe, and share. Um, I was told I need to be calling my, my um, people now that show up. I need to give y'all a pet name, okay? And I think I might call y'all my misfits, Sugar's Misfits, okay? Um, but the I, I'm just thinking about it, though. I'm just thinking about it. I'm thinking about what kind of pet name I'm going to give you all to show my love and appreciation. Anyway, like, subscribe, share, and I'll see you all next Wednesday. Bye-bye.